We're starting a series on basically equipping the church, and if you've been around us long enough, you know I'm changing the way that the church thinks about itself. We've got to break the mindset that we're all a bunch of loser sinners, incapable of doing anything good for God because we're such bad people, and we're going to break that stigma off. We're moving us away from you know, sinners saved by grace to saints that are advancing the kingdom of God here on earth. I loved what Landon prayed. It wasn't even intentional, but that, that, he, that we will be prepared to go out into the world and to reach them. And this is, like, this is our heart's desire, and this is what you need to be equipped for, and that's, that's the whole idea about the series. And so today, yeah, last week was part one, today's part two. Next week, we'll be highlighting a very specific saint. He is... A founder of the stream of the movement that this church was birthed out of, the Vineyard Movement. We're going to be talking about John Wimber. And if it wasn't for him, we would not be experiencing the contemporary style of worship that has transformed the world. We would still be playing the organ, and oh, I'm sure somebody, God would have used somebody else. But only John could do what John was called to do, and thank God he did it. Because if he hadn't have done it, nobody else would have done it the way that he did it. And what I want you to get, and what we'll go over again next week, I'm going to give you a little, um, little clip of what's next week, is that before he stepped into his calling, he actually defines himself as being a full-blown pagan, alcoholic, smoking five packs of cigarettes a day to the point where his skin was yellow. And God used that man in powerful ways. And if God can do that with him, he can do it with you. And he can do it with the people that you are in contact with. And so John was an entrepreneur. He, was, he did the arrangements for the Righteous Brothers. He arranged Twist and Shout by the Beatles. He was a... He was a a big thinker. He saw the big picture, and we could easily say that his calling was the calling of an apostle. And so, this is your homework. This is what I want you to pray about. Maybe, maybe you're like that. Maybe you're a big picture thinker. If you're a big picture thinker, come next Sunday. More importantly, if you have a friend that smokes five packs of cigarettes a day, I know that that's not, you know, acceptable these days, but if you have a friend who is not walking with the Lord, who is a pagan, this is going to be a great message to invite him or her to come to. Come and see. Come and see. That's, a, that's your message to somebody. And I know inviting people to the church is probably one of the hardest things in our current culture these days. But I believe it down to my bones that the local church is the hope of the world. So invite them. Invite your entrepreneur friend that, that is up in the clouds, it's dreaming big. Uh, he's been dreaming way, he or she has been dreaming way too long for the devil. It's time for them to start dreaming for God. Time for them to start working for God. So there's your assignment. That's what I want to encourage you to pray into. Now, from last week in Ephesians 4, we talked about the, the callings, the offices that 
are needed to equip the church. They're, they're in, a set, in essence, big giant categories of roles. Since it is Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to use sports analogy. You guys okay with that? I know that's a big stretch for me. I know it's a big stretch for me, but uh, I am here to meet your needs. So I'll talk about sports if you need that. But think about those five. guys remember last week? Did you guys take notes? All right. So in order to encourage and equip the church, in order to have a healthy church, you need balance. you got to have a balance. I mean, if you're all just focused on one thing, if all we did was evangelism, we would be an unhealthy, unbalanced church. I know that seems counterproductive, but it's true. If all we did was focus on, you know, deep worship and prophetic prayer, if that's all we did and we weren't reaching the lost, we'd be an unhealthy church. If all we did was just dig into the Word and teach, and that's all we did. We, all we did was just taught proper theology, but we never lived it out. We would be an unhealthy church. So there must be, the, this is why the Scripture gives it the, us to this way, so that, that we can build a healthy, balanced kingdom lifestyle. And so what Paul is saying, what the Word of God is saying, is that some have been called to the position, all right, there's your sports analogy, the position of, a, of an apostle. Some have the position of a prophet. Some have the position of an evangelist. Some have the position of a pastor. Some have the position of a teacher. So do you guys know your positions? Do you know where you are on the field? Do you know where you're playing? It's actually vitally important that you know what position you're taking up inside of the kingdom of God or inside of church structure. Uh, where are you on the team? You have to ask yourself that question. If you're still working through it and fumbling through it, there's another sports analogy for you. If you're fumbling through this thing, just come next week and have lunch. Do the one-on-one again if you don't know where your position is. It might take a little training. You might have to go to, well, we used to call it Hell Week. Do they still call it Hell Week? Yeah, yeah you might have to do some training. And that's okay. That's what we're here to do. So knowing your position inside of the church. If you're in the wrong position, you're going to be very frustrated. Because you're, you're thinking that you should be doing what somebody else is doing. And again, God has called you to do a very specific thing. And if you don't do it, you're going to be frustrated. And like we'll see, if you don't do it, it might not get done. Like God's sovereign, God's sovereign will is going to move the kingdom of God forward no matter what. But he is inviting you to add to the tapestry. He's inviting you to add some color to this piece. So let's, let's just do that. Believe it or not, in high school, I played football. I know it's kind of hard to tell. But my freshman and my sophomore year, I was pretty much the same height and weight that I am now. Going into my freshman year, I was a big junior high boy, ginormous. Same weight, with the exception that the weight was up here and not down here. So, <laughs> the big difference. 
Okay, believe it or not, I was starting fullback and starting linebacker. I played both positions going both ways, offense and defense. And going in as a freshman and then actually learning the game, learning the positions, my sophomore year in, in JV, it's just an animal. I got a taste for blood and I just loved it. It was, I was, I loved it. And then my junior year, unfortunately, I stopped growing. <laughs> so that was it. But I'm playing varsity. And it went from me being able, with my natural strength, my natural abilities, learning the position, learning how to, how to, how to play the position of linebacker. I actually liked linebacker better than fullback. Learning, learning that, learning the skill required, and then... Um, and then fine-tuning it with some special gifts, I, I was able to just, again, I was really good. And then I bumped up into varsity my, my junior year. And, well, I was now in the major leagues. I know I just crossed sports references right there. It was a different game. It was a different game altogether. The guys were bigger, the guys were faster, the guys were smarter, they were more seasoned. I remember the first time I'm like, I'm in my position as linebacker, and I am like, I'm on my feet, I got all my gear on, um, I know exactly, like he's either going to come down this lane or he's going to come down this lane, I'm going to hit the guy, and I'm either going to bounce to the left or the right, and I'll get the, I'll get the fullback or the, the tailback as he comes through. Like, I knew what I was doing. I hit the blocker, bounced off, I'm lined up, and the tailback is coming at me full speed, and the only problem is, is that he's 250 pounds. And he hit me so hard. Like, like it was hard. It was one of those, it was one of those freight train impact moments. I mean, not only was I hit, both my feet left the ground, and I'm on my back. I mean, rang my bell. Rang my bell, literally. And so when I came out of being blacked out, my head felt like a bell ringing. And not only was my head ringing like a bell, I couldn't feel anything in my body. Like, I got hit that hard. I got hit so hard, I couldn't feel my body. I got hit so hard, I still feel it to this day. I got hit so hard, my daughter feels it. <laughs> One of the things I remember, I mean, this is probably why we lost every single football game. <laughs> but I remember my coach standing over me, and he's saying, Josh, are you okay? But as he's saying, Josh, are you okay? He's laughing the whole time. <laughs> he's like trying not to laugh, but he's laughing the whole time. And I eventually came up and I just came to the realization, this is a different game. This is a different game altogether. The illustration, we're pushing this into a spiritual metaphor, by the way. It's a spiritual illustration. We need to, we need to get this. Higher level, different devil. We bump up a notch, 
you're going to be playing a different game altogether. And you need to be prepared. You need to be equipped. You need to know that he's coming. He's going to hit you hard. Devil's going to hit you hard. It's going to hurt so bad. Now, think about this. What if I had gotten hit without my helmet? What if I would have gotten hit without my chest piece? What if I had gotten hit without my cleats on and the rest of the pads? Uh, if he would have hit me that hard without my equipment on, I, 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 who knows? I might be dead. I might be dead if I would have gotten hit that hard without the proper equipment on. So when we talk about equipping the saints, you, you need to be equipped. Not only do you need to know what your position is on the field, you need to be crystal clear that you're playing the right role, the right position in, in line to how God has created you as an individual. You need to know exactly where you need to be. But in addition to that, you need to know what your skill set is, which is your spiritual gifts, and we're going to dig into that in a bit. But frankly, more importantly, you need to know if you are protected, if you've taken the time to put on the armor of God. Do you have the armor of God on? Because, man, if you go up into the big league, sorry, if you go up to varsity football and you don't have the armor of God on, like, you could literally die. And Pastor Larry can attest to that. Like, literally die. Not spiritually die. Not just get picked off. Not just get, you know, having the ravens eat your food or, you know, the weeds and whatever, all that stuff. Not just that. Not just being robbed in life. But it, you could die if you're not equipped with the right gear. So let me read to you the gear that you need so that you can withstand a huge hit. Ephesians chapter 6. Ironically, we're still in Ephesians. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And that's a decision you have to decide to be strong. You have to decide to plug in and to tap into his power. It's a decision from day one. You have to be strong. You have to, you have to, you have to choose strength over weakness or strength over insecurity or strength over victimhood. You have to choose sainthood over slavery. Amen? That's why we're, that's why we're breaking this thing off. That, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's, it's a true statement. But that's what slaves say. Saints say, you know what? I'm getting better and better each day. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. I'm walking in my fulfillment. I'm walking in my calling. I'm functioning in my gifts. And I have protected myself from the schemes of the devil. That's what powerful people say. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Like, if you're in the right position, but you don't have the armor of God on, you're going to get your bell rung. You're just lining yourself up for the enemy. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not natural. 
what we're dealing with these days. Fight against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms, the things that we don't see. There's, there's going to be a football game going on at 3 o'clock today. Hopefully I'll have you home by then. But at the very same time, there's a football game going off in heavenly realms that we can't see, that we can't tune into unless you're, unless you're in the Word of God. Like, there's a war going on. It's not a game. It's a war, a full-blown war going on in heavenly realms. And there, it is going on for your soul, for your family's souls. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, every single piece, so that when the day of evil comes, okay, it's not if, right? It's not if, it's when. I have some news for you. This is not a prosperity gospel message today. You will get hit. You're going to get hit. If you're playing, you're going to get hit. That evil day will come for you. Are you going to be ready when it does? You may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Okay, after you've done your very best, your very best isn't good enough, stand again. <laughs> stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, it's not the imagery on this one, just so you know, it's not just like your, you know, your, your black little belt that your gut's hanging over. It's not that skinny little belt. These belts were big. They were like these big giant Roman belts, and they tied it up, and they, they held all your guts in, and they protected your vital organs. Like just straps and straps of leather buckled together to hold your guts in. I want to encourage you. Like put this truth around your guts. Because everybody has a gut feeling now and then. And you need to know if your gut feeling is a truth or it is a lie. And the only way that you can tell if your gut feeling is from the Lord is if, if you have this truth. Like you are, you're dedicated to truth. You're dedicated to justice. You're dedicated to peace. Like you just have this thing that's just holding you in. It's got to be there. And if, it, if you don't have truth around you, you'll believe every gut feeling you believe you feel. And the truth is, the truth is, you're not a feeler. You are a believer. Man, if I followed everything that I felt. Could you imagine if you followed every gut feeling you felt? Man, what a mess you'd make. Look, just don't get the gut feeling confused with God's voice or the leadings of the Holy Spirit. They're two different things. The Holy Spirit's not going to go with you to Las Vegas and give you a gut feeling that's going to make you win. The Holy, the Holy Spirit's not, if you're betting on a team today, the Holy Spirit's not going to give you a gut feeling on who's going to win. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to quit doing that. 
not, not good. So get, get the truth around your guts so your guts aren't poking out. All right. With the breastplate of righteousness in its place. So your, your heart needs to be covered by righteousness. And, super important point, it ain't your righteousness. Like this whole man-made self-righteous attitude that I'm all about that and I'm right, you're wrong. Like the, the self-righteous thing is just one of the most toxic things that the Christian church can produce. It's not your righteousness. You didn't earn it. You didn't produce it. it. It's not because you've been a good boy or a good girl. It's not because you've done all of this prayer and all of this dedication. It's not because you've tithed. It's not because you've sacrificed. It's not your righteousness. It's his, and you put it on. And his armor is way better than anything that you can make. His righteousness. Other illustrations in the Bible talks about putting on the robes or the mantle of righteousness. Like you, and it's Jesus's, and you put it on. It's his. Like he actually gives you his cloak. And I like, and that is such a powerful word image. Like if you're struggling, like if you're struggling with your identity, if you're struggling with your self-worth, if you're struggling with insecurities, stop and just put on his righteousness like even mentally do it like mentally visualize yourself putting on the jacket maybe even go into you know your 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 closet go find some giant wool coat that you haven't worn in five years and pray and put it on as if it's his that he's giving you and and then then let it cover and protect your heart the word of god says that from the heart comes all sorts of wicked and evil things. The, the center of a man and a woman's heart, well, it's just desperately wicked is what it says because it's been tainted by original sin. And from the wellspring of the heart comes absolutely everything, either good or bad. Your, in a, your ability to fall into sin I know that this goes against every single contemporary teaching and secular psychology. Your, your ability to fall into sin is not from external forces. It's internal. Your heart, the condition and the attitude, the position of your heart where it's playing on the field will respond to either the darkness or the light that is around us. Like, but for believers, the environment doesn't affect us. Is that, do you guys get that? For a believer, the environment doesn't affect us. For the saint, we, have, we affect our environments. We change our environment. We're, we're, we're environmental agents. We change it. Above all else, the Word of God says, protect your heart. Above all else, protect your heart. You know this applies to romantic relationships, right? If you've ever been, if you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever been stabbed in the back in the area of romance, if somebody's ever dumped you, you know this. You're like, I'm not going to let that happen again. And then we begin just like to, to cover up and to protect our hearts. Like, that's a good thing, but you just can't let, um, like, you just can't let that heart get hard, eh? 
You can't let that heart get hard. No, no, protect your heart with his righteousness, with his positions, not yours. If you protect your heart with his breastplate, he promises you that your heart will remain a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of rage. With the gospel of, I'm right, you're wrong. With the gospel of, I'm sorry. But again, this is, this is where our feet have been. Like, like, the truth is, we have to dig our feet in. You got to have cleats on. The Word of God also says is that blessed is the feet that bring the good news, that, that share the gospel. So your feet will be blessed if you're having this mindset that, okay, my objective and where I walk with my feet when I have the right shoes on, when, I'm, when, when my shoes can be rooted, yeah, that's what cleats do. They root you into the turf. My, my feet are rooted and secure. When you go and when you walk and when you're advancing, when you're taking the kingdom of heaven out of here and into, your, into the marketplace or into your schools or into, even into your homes, when you're taking the gospel out, uh, you're, it will be marked by peace. That's when you know you're doing it right because the peace of God is a fruit of the Spirit. If, you are, if you're walking in what you think is kingdom and there's nothing but frustration, there's nothing but bitterness, there's nothing but uh, accusations and finger-pointing. Like, if that is, if that is the, the condition of your heart, basically, if you're bitter, uh, you got the wrong cleats on, you got the wrong shoes on. Like, you're, on, you're in flip-flops. You're in flip-flops when you need to have hiking shoes on. Could you imagine me being hit in flip-flops or no shoes at all? I mean, I wouldn't have just flown five feet. I would have flown 20 feet. Uh, if our emotional state is not in the right spot, when you get hit, you go back further than you want, wanted to. So just look, embrace the peace, embrace the, that fruit of the Spirit. Like I'm telling you, everybody, like if there's no peace in your life, it, there has to be an adjustment in your soul. Like that's your telltale. In addition to all this, okay, those are all really good things, but there's more. Take up that shield of faith, which, can, which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. So they're going to come at you. These flaming arrows are going to come at you. They come at you every single day and every single negative thought that you think. Every single doubt, every single suspicion, every single thing that the enemy of God wants to jam it into your head and say, 
these people are all evil. This is all, like all this negative garbage. And, And this is a weird, weird illustration, but it stuck with me for so long over all of these years. Uh, it was, um, what's the Left Behind series? This Present Darkness. You guys remember This Present Darkness? Really scary book. But in that book, uh, an evil spirit would come in and torment a Christian, a Christian by like stabbing a thought into their mind and then letting that thing take root. And the only thing that can extinguish the darts from hell is faith. And faith, faith is something that, that, that we can't necessarily just work up. I mean, we all have a level of faith that is our own, but I don't know if you've caught this illustration. This shield of faith is given to us. We talk about the spiritual gifts. Like, faith is a gift as well. Like, I've got enough faith to believe in God and maybe to get me saved. Like, I've got enough, you know, the prayer of faith heals the sick. I got that. Um, I am saved by grace through faith, right? So I've got, I got, I got enough faith to believe in God, but I don't have enough faith to repel the fiery arrows from hell. I need His shield of faith in order to do that. And just like putting on the breastplate of righteousness, I got to pick up that shield each and every single day. And just like you have to choose power, you have to choose His strength over weakness, you also each and every day have to choose to pick up faith. Jesus says it this way. He says, what's the work of God? What's the hardest thing that you do as a believer? What's the hardest thing that you do as a Christian? I'd be like, I know. Sometimes food bank is hard. I don't like doing that at times. Sometimes that gets hard. Uh, teaching Sunday school with kids running around being rude, that's hard. Um, well, giving is really hard. Uh, sharing my faith, that's a lot of work too. It takes a lot of time, energy. So we get ourselves mixed up in this and saying that those are the work of God, but it's not. Jesus says it very clearly. The work of God is to believe. And so just think about it, this thing. The hardest thing that you're going to do in your spiritual walk is to actually pick up that shield of faith, is to believe. There's so much doubt, so many lies, so many divisions that are taking place where you just might think about, you know what, after I think about all this faith stuff, I think I'm just going to peace out. I'm just going to peace out on church. I just do, I'll just do, I don't know. I'm spiritual, I'm just not religious. I'm going to do church at home or whatever. I would say don't do that. I would say stay connected to the body of Christ. I'd say pick up that shield of faith. Have faith. Well, I have faith in God. Okay, that's great. Do you have have faith in God's people? When you're fighting in a different field, when you're up into varsity, when you're in the major leagues, uh, different level, different devil, do you have the same faith? Can you go the extra mile? Can you run and not grow weary? You've got to pick up faith. Because, well, we need a little bit more these days. And it's a gift. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Okay, now just, maybe even in your mind, just put it on right now. You can even do this if you want. 
He has put this helmet of salvation on, meaning that, that He has saved you. You can't save yourself. He has saved you, and you put it on. And when the helmet of salvation goes on, and when you realize that His, his ways are not our ways, and His path is not our path, like it is 100% grace. This is the salvation message. This is the gospel of grace that we put on in our heads. It, change, it should change the way that you think. There is so much freedom and joy and peace and the the peace of mind when we know that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. There's so much mental clarity. Like I believe that if you are if you understand how you've been saved, if you have this helmet of salvation on you, like it can literally even change your brain. Like. Mental illness can be healed when we put the helmet of salvation on. Like, I'm not a psychologist. I don't understand all of these things. But what I have seen in dealing with people is that when people are so consumed about themselves, it breeds mental illness. When people are all stuck in their head way too much, And when it's all about them, then they get sick in their mind. And the root of that is saying, it's all about me and it's not about you, Jesus. I am the author of my own salvation. I'm going to tell you something. It is so easy to fall into the trap, specifically as Christians, that we are the authors of our own salvation. We're not. You're not the author of your salvation. Jesus is. Can't save yourselves. That's a very un-American thing to say, but you can't save yourself. And the sword of the Spirit, which is I love it. I hope you brought your sword today. Bring, this, is the, this is the word of God. This is the sword of truth. Meaning that um, this, is the, this, is the only, this is the only thing that you're equipped with that is offensive. Everything else is shielding. Everything else is armor. Everything else is for protection. But he doesn't want you just to protect. He's going to give you an offensive strategy as well. And it's in this, this word of God. This is what you speak. This is what you declare. This is what you, this is what you, not only you believe, but this is what you live and this is what you act out. It is the rudder, it's the map, it's the truth, it's the love story, it's all of that, it's, it's the history of, of God and his people, it is the promises, it's, it, everything is in this, and it's your sword, and you need it. You need it. Like, you need to be in the daily Bible reading plan. The reason why it's not working out is because you don't have a good sword. You don't even, you're not even wielding it. You're not even fencing. We're on a field. Maybe you know what your position is. Maybe you even know what your specialties are. 
But again, if you don't have the right gear on, you'll get your bell rung. I want you to think of this visual. It it might be a little preachy. It might be a little judgy. I think it's true in some cases. But it seems to me as if the church in our context, I'm not going to say global church, but the church in our context has been playing the game, but instead of playing in the major leagues, there's another, I know, so bad. Instead of playing in the NFL, instead of trying to, to do the Super Bowl, we've been playing flag football. And we have geared ourselves up with the wrong type of gear. We're, we're playing in flip-flops. We don't have anything holding our guts in. Uh, so instead of a belt of truth, like, we're playing, we're playing like, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Day football with our cut-off jean shorts. And instead of a breastplate of righteousness, we've got a Christian t-shirt that we've crop-topped. Instead of, a, instead of a helmet of salvation, we've got this really cool uh, hipster sweatband with a logo on it. And we wonder, and we wonder why we get rocked. We wonder why when the enemy comes in and lights us up, we're, we're just all over, we're in pieces all over the field. The enemies ate our lunch. We wonder why this happens. And we just, again, we've put on the wrong gear. So next week, again, when we talk about John, and again, his heart was for the equipping of the saints, we're going to get practical. Like, you could spend, you know, three or four hundred dollars to go to the next church conference, or you can just come to church on Sunday, and it's going to be a workshop. I'm gonna, uh, Pastor Josh, I'm not quite sure what my calling is. Well, do you know how to pray for the sick? So John had an apostolic calling, but his specialty was healing. Yeah? If you are presented with a situation and God's in it, and the Spirit's in it, and you feel that, okay, this could be for God's glory, do you know how to pray for the sick? Or will you get your bell rung? Maybe God's, maybe you like people, and you want to shepherd people, and you want to care for people. You're patient with people. Uh, Just incidentally, prophetic people are usually not patient with people, by the way. So if you're an impatient person, but you love fire, you just might be a prophet. If you are a patient person who loves people and is willing to take the time and walk with them, meet with them, then you just might be a pastor. But either pastor, prophet, or apostle, this this is coming, everybody. This is coming, and 
You need to be prepared when it does. You need to not be caught off guard when it does. You will see people manifesting evil spirits in the days to come. Do you know how to exercise one of those? Do you need to, do you, that's the word of God says, cast out demons. Can you, can you do one? I'll teach you. Word of God says that you need to be in season and out of season, but in every season, you need to be able to give a defense for your faith. Have you been taught how to give a defense for your faith? A logical, ap- uh, apologetic, apologetic sounds like a weak word, but it's not. It's a powerful word. Can you actually give a reason for your faith, a logical reason for your faith, and can, with, that, with authority, and then can you back up that reason of faith with power? Mm-hmm. These days are coming. It's a different game. We're moving into a higher level, different devil. It's just changing these days. I said, we just need to equip you, or else you're going to get your lunch eaten. I don't want to say it. I, I don't want to see you get hurt. Don't want to see it happen. All right, Landon, come on up. I love this. I encourage you to all get your elements out. I love this element. I love it because it's an invitation to sit at that table. But I also want you to see the element today as a gift. If you don't know what your calling is, if you're confused about, you know, your spiritual gifts are, if you're wondering if you are, if you got the equipment that I talked about in this message, this is where you start. You start with this gift. Look, this isn't something that is, this isn't a religious motion thing. This isn't, um, this is sacred. This is holy. And this is God's gift to you, is this bread, is his body. And when his body comes into your body, there is power, there is identity, and then there is your position. In short, your calling is baked into this bread. Receive the body of Christ, knowing that he's going to plug you in somewhere. He's going to put you on the field. He's got a calling that's powerful for your life. Receive the body of Christ for your position. This is your drink to sainthood. Luckily, my righteousness 
all week long was awesome. So I could actually pass on this if I needed to. <laughs> oh, man. I am so grateful for this cup, this new covenant, this new way of doing things that breaks me out of a slave mentality, that breaks me out of rules and regulations and moves me into relationship. This is relationship. And I will choose relationship over any other game, over any other rule, over any other structure. It's about relationship, not religion. Drink to the real relationship with Jesus, that he is washing all this sin away and making you a saint today. Thank you, Jesus. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. It don't take a whole lot, just use what you got. Oh, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Because there is power. if you feel comfortable in doing that, to not only to receive a blessing, but a blessing that the Lord wants to give you for power, for equipping, for specializing, and finding your place on the field. So may the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole body be armored. May your mind be covered with that helmet. May you be strong as you are planted firmly in the ground with cleats that go deep. Yeah. The one who has called you, the coach that has put you on the field, He's a good coach. He's not going to laugh at you when you get hit. The one who has called you, he is faithful to you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he's going to be with us to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Could be any day, any time, but we are there. We are at the precipice of the last days. So prepare yourself, church. 
prepare yourself, equip, get rid of the hipster garb and put on the armor of God. We love you. God bless you guys. Have an incredible Super Bowl Sunday.